What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Who That Dish podcast. This episode is podcast 27. We thank everybody for tuning in. This is, of course, a podcast dedicated to all things New Orleans Saints as part of the fabulous website, Fanside, and Who That Dish. As always, I'm your host, Tyler Raymond. And I'm also your host, Dayton Brown. It's another week we all get to enjoy due to a Saints win, 31-19, over the New York Jets. Here to join us on the show again is journalist and podcast host, friend of the show, and a Jets fan with a huge announcement himself, Joe Leo. Joe, how are you, my man? What's up, dude? I would be better if the Jets won, and right. <laughs> I mean, 31-19, the game was a little bit closer. Thanks to a Mark Ingram 50-yard yes. bursted run at the end of the game. Not only did the Saints win 31-19, but they also covered for everyone who uh, who does that sort of stuff. So yeah, it, it, was a, it was a crazy day in the NFL to begin with, and it was a decent performance by Bryce Petty. But yes. Yeah, people in Vegas are very happy uh, right now. Obviously, everybody in New Orleans is happy right now as well. Uh, you do have a big announcement for us regarding your blog, which if you guys don't follow him on Twitter, follow him at NotTheFakeJLeo, and his blog is jdatasports.blogspot.com. So, Joe, take it away. You got the announcement. I'm excited to hear this. The pre... I'm glad that you said my blog is jdatasports.blogspot.com. It will not be for the foreseeable future starting at the turn of the new year. Um, on January 1st, I'll be making the transition to uh, medium.com. So you can go over right now, go over there right now to medium.com backslash, backslash the basement view and um, click the follow button. So I, so when uh, I publish an article, you can get it first, but it's a move that I've been thinking about a lot over the past couple of months, and I like what Medium has for its features, so I'll be making the transition from uh, from the Google Blogger platform to uh, Medium.com. And I will also be doing, um, I'll also be moving my podcast at some point in 2018 over to iTunes as well, so you can get it on SoundCloud and uh, iTunes at some point. I'll be making announcement about that in the foreseeable future great stuff joe that's awesome cool beans dude uh very excited yes medium is also what uh the ringer bill simmons uh site uses and 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 i think it's fantastic that's kind of not where... anymore they actually moved to vox they they started oh. up on uh on on medium right 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 oh gotcha okay they, they they did just recently move well that's awesome joe congrats uh i that that's a big move that's going up a step uh, and excited to hear your podcast on iTunes whenever that drops uh, as well. Um, so we're just going to jump right into the to the game. Tyler, how are you, by the Dude. way? I, I rarely um, ever ask you how you're doing. How are you? <laughs> I care about your feelings, of course. How are you doing? Oh, yeah. Thank you. Well, I appreciate that. I am very good. A little worried because of um, the Saints are in um, a do-or-die mode. We'll talk about that with uh, Mark yeah. George in our next episode. We need to uh, beat the Falcons. We need to. Yes. Else we won't clinch our division. Well, yeah. Other than that, I'm pretty good. How about you? I, I'm I'm doing all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm also a little bit nervous. I, I think this Falcons team is average though. Watching them last night, I don't know. I don't know. I wish we would have beat them. Yeah. Wish, yeah, wish we would have beat them week 14 because then that would have really like solidified uh, our our season. We wouldn't have to worry so much about beating an average team at home. But that's what we're gonna have to. Uh, that's what it's gonna come down to. Which which yep. obviously makes it more exciting. So so that's fine. But uh. 
yeah, I'm super excited. Very excited that the Saints won. That's what we're going to jump into. Um, down in the Big Easy, young buck Bryce Petty yeah. has a shot at showing Drew Brees who the real gunslinger from Texas was. Instead, it was easy, breezy, beautiful football by the Saints as Michael Thomas yeah. and Marshawn Lattimore helped Brees buckeye the Jets en route to a 31-19 nice. home Sick victory. Play. The Saints are now 10-4, and four, fourth in the NFC, First in the NFC South, as Joe mentioned, it was closer than the final score indicated, which was even pretty close to begin with. It was that Mark Ingram 50-yard touchdown run to seal the game for the Saints late in the game. Great home victory. Uh, almost became a trap game, as we were talking about last week. Uh, I'll, just, I'll just read off some stats for the Saints. Uh, Drew Brees is 26-36, 281 yards. Two touchdowns and an interception. A very bad interception to... Um, uh, Leonard Williams didn't get sacked had a quarterback rating of 81.3 Ingram 12 carries 74 yards he had two touchdowns <clears throat> which is still leading the league uh, Kamara 12 carries 44 yards Kamara also had six receptions for 45 yards so that was almost a 100 yard scrimmage day for him great to have him back Michael Thomas nine receptions for 93 yards he broke both of those uh, milestones that we talked about last week with the 90-plus receptions in the first two years. Only second guy nope. to do that from uh, other than uh, Odell Beckham Jr. And he also now has over 1,000 receiving yards second year in a row for, for, for the young man. So does Ingram. And so does Ingram. So does Ingram. Uh, so Ingram, Kamara, and Thomas, all three of them have 1,000 or more yards from scrimmage this season. Yep. And, and that's great to see. Thomas doing it all with receptions, Kamara and Ingram doing it a mixture of receiving and, and rushing. Uh, and Brandon Coleman had two fumbles, and they were both lost. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, Joe, we'll start with you. You are uh, our, our guest, and you're, we're on the losing end of this. How were the Saints able to win this game, first of all? What, what, what did it come down to? How were the Saints able to win this game? Um, well, first I'd like to say that you stung me twice with your intro, being uh, that Lattimore was a Buckeye, I'm a Michigan fan, and uh, <laughs> the fact that the, the Jets lost. So that stings a little <laughs> bit. But um, Sorry, not sorry. It, was, it's re- it really came down to the play of Bryce Petty. He looks good in, in spots. He made a couple of great throws where, uh, I, I mean, I've been preaching about his arm talent since he came into the league, and you saw it on a couple of throws, but... I mean, short hopping a couple of comebacks and just not hitting throws in the flats. I mean, those are plays that are going to add up, and it ultimately came down to that because if it wasn't for that Mark Ingram 50-yard run and we stopped you guys on that last possession, we got a shot to tie or take the lead um, late in the game. So the defense played great. Uh, Jamal Adams in his homecoming game, showed out, forced the, a fumble, and led the Jets in tackles. The defense overall didn't play that bad. Uh, I know 31 points on the scoreboard shows that uh, the defense really didn't play that well, but Leonard Williams, his first career uh, first career interception, uh, too bad he's in concussion protocol, so hopefully he gets well soon. But, yeah, the defense didn't play bad, and it, it came down to the inability to throw the ball down the field, utilize play action, and, and make easy throws from Bryce Petty. Yeah, yeah. Robbie Anderson targeted 12 times, only five receptions. You guys ran the ball 28 times. Petty passed it 39 times. And you guys won the time of possession, uh, if, even if it was only by a little over a minute. You guys still had the ball longer than the Saints. Uh, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. The defense looked really good for for the Jets against this Saints team. 
uh, without that Mark Ingram touchdown, uh, this Saints team kind of looked pretty stagnant. Like, we really had to earn every single point that we put up on the board. Um, and as far as the Jets, uh, you, you hit the nail on the head. It was really the inability to get the ball down the field, uh, put more points on the board because this Saints defense looks susceptible to, I mean, uh, a very inexperienced quarterback who, who, who has great arm talent nonetheless. Uh, Powell was great for you guys. So was rookie Elijah McGuire. Uh, again, Anderson targeted 12 times. If a couple more of those, a couple more of those go his way. And th- this game is a different story. Tyler, what do you think of the game? How were the Saints able to win? Overall thoughts on on the victory? Okay, how the Saints were able to win? Um, two things: one, Michael Thomas, go; two, Cameron Jordan. So, um, so here here's what happened. So, uh, I, I saw the highlights and stuff, and uh, I saw like different reviews and stuff. And to be honest, the way the Saints were playing. Uh, the way they turned the ball over, they didn't deserve to win this game, you know? And I just think it's funny how, you know, we've seen some crazy things uh, happen this year. And it's almost like, uh, I try to think of a great metaphor to describe this. So, like, uh, during the game, the Saints were climbing the stairs, you know? Climbing the stairs to 10-4. and four. They had times where they'd slip and fall down a couple steps, but then they had times where they would uh, march on and, get a, and go up the stairs a couple bit, uh, a couple steps, you know, and I, I think it, if I had to describe the game that way, I think it would be a perfect, a perfect description, because if you know, we saw good things, you saw bad things, you saw uh, turnovers from a player that you usually wouldn't see in Brandon Coleman, you saw just nasty penalties on Kenny Vaccaro, mm-hmm. Ken Crawley, that really changed the game. You, you saw Andrews Pete and Larry Warford. Larry Warford, I think, went out with a concussion, who I'm really worried about. I hope he can play for Atlanta um, when we play Atlanta. Just, you know, a lot of things that I wouldn't say didn't go away, but just things that I, I personally typically wouldn't expect to go wrong for us. You know, especially, no offense, uh, Joe, you're a Jets team. But, I mean, it's not like we're playing the Patriots here. It's a, this is a Jets team, although uh, I, I will give some credit. You know, no one really expected them to have five wins this year. Everyone really expected them to go almost like 0-16. I give credit to Todd Bowles. But I, I almost expected this to be the game where the Saints show everybody, okay, look, this is what we're going to hit on, and that's how we're going to do it. And they really didn't do that. And that's what really got me. And I don't know, I just thought it was really interesting how, in the end, you know, it came down to really two players. You know, Cameron Jordan swatting down balls and, making an impact that way. And Michael Thomas, who practically had his own drive for himself when the Saints scored a touchdown. And I don't know. It was just really, it was an interesting game. It was a lot more, uh, I think it was a lot more than what anyone expected. And yeah. I, I, at least for me, that was a lot more than what I expected uh, for the good and the bad. Yeah. But, uh, how about you, Dan? What did you yeah. think? And you mentioned the penalties. Both teams had eight, but the Saints were penalized for 92 yards compared to the Jets' 50 that's something that the the Saints are going to have to keep under control if we want any chance of, you know, having some sort of playoff run. Good teams do not get penalized that much uh, unless yep. they're, they're, they're some sort of super team that can get over the penalties. When you're in the playoffs, that's not happening. Uh, both teams had 13 drives. Jets ran four more plays. Saints still had over 100 yards more uh, on offense than the Jets. So, granted, it, it the, the Jets looked great. But it came down to the Saints 
doing more with the ball with what they had than the Jets. That, that, that's ultimately what it came down to. This veteran team with a veteran quarterback, head coach that's been around for, for 11 years, knows the offense, uh, better overall roster. We talked about it last week. Joe, uh, you know, there, there, there's no advantages that the Jets have in any position. Um, and that's why I think that this one should have been bigger. But, yeah, ultimately it came down to a veteran head coach, veteran quarterback, taking control of the game, doing the most with the time that they had. And, again, Ingram's touchdown run really sealed that game, and, and that's what made this game a lot better for, for Saints fans to watch, or else it would have been a close game against a non-playoff team uh, late in the season when we're trying to make some sort of Super Bowl run. Uh, Joe, I want you to give a game ball to one of the one of the guys on the Jets. I know you guys lost, and usually game balls don't go out. But if you had to give a game ball to, to one of the guys on the Jets, who would it be? My guy, Buster Screen. Um, I like. I love the signing since uh, we got him from Cleveland. He has had a, a bit of an issue with penalties, but the dude is a hustler. He's a baller, and he had the best game as a Jet. And he, I think he he signed his next contract with, with us mm-hmm. with that game. Incredible game. He was flying around the ball. He almost had an interception late in the game that would have uh, turned the the game back into our favor and we would have had the ball in the red zone with the chance to take the lead. So yeah, Buster screen easy. The former uh, Cleveland Brown uh, who you guys signed, I believe two off seasons ago. Yes. Uh, yeah. He played good. Elijah McGuire, like I said, looked good too. Uh, during the off season, you also talked about how much you liked Bilal Powell. He had a good game. Uh, one of the better offensive weapons uh, with, with McGuire in this one against the Saints. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensively, as you mentioned, uh, first interception uh, for Leonard Williams. Hopefully he, he can come back. But, um, yeah, Tyler, if you had to give a game ball, who, who would it be? I, I'm guessing okay. it's, it's probably Cameron Jordan or, <laughs> or Mark uh, Ingram. Uh, you know what? No. I'm gonna. I, oh, okay, so I'm going to do it two sides. Uh, if I had to give a game ball to, the, uh, to the, uh, a Jets player, I would cut it up into – reasonable size portions and give it to all the uh, running backs because I think, um, you know, uh, cumul- cumulatively, I think the Jets have a pretty good uh, pretty good running back ta- uh, tandem. And, you know, I would give it to Elijah McGuire, Matt Forte. I think, you know, when used used in the right way, I think they could be a menacing force. So I, I give credit to you guys. But if I had to give it to us, you know what? I'm going to say Marshall Lattimore. I think he had a pretty decent game. He had the game-winning interception, you know, at the end of the game, and he. That doesn't me. matter. <laughs> Let me finish, man. <laughs> That's but just no, a padded he, stat. Yep, yep. For for the for the rookie of the year award, he's about to win. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. He's uh, he's he's making his case. You know, when even if it may be at the end of the game, he had pretty decent coverage throughout the entire game. He, for the most part, locked up Robbie Anderson. I don't know. He looked good to me. And I'm excited to put another notch in his belt for uh, him taking a step forward. And the funny part is, this is only his rookie year. And so when you figure... Yeah, that dude's, um, that dude's a beast. Yeah. No, I, I love him. And it's funny. When I was at the Saints-Bills game, I, I screamed my heart out, hoping he'd come over. He never did. He broke my heart a little bit. Man, the dude can play. He can play, man. And, man, I, I, I really hope uh, Kamara and... um. Uh, you know, Lattimore get their rookie awards. But I'll get off topic here. What about you, Dan? Who would you give the ball to? Well, I agree with you. I, I really enjoyed Lattimore's performance. Uh, I would go with Michael Thomas. 
coming off the heels of a lot mm-hmm. of people I've been th- throughout the season. Uh, a lot of people outside of New Orleans, uh, non-Saints fans, um, have been saying Michael Thomas is not a, a number one receiver. That Michael Thomas uh, is not flashy enough. It doesn't make enough plays, even though he has you know the numbers. He's not exciting enough or, or, or consistent enough to be a number one wide receiver. I had a Packers fan in my uh, mentions on Twitter telling me Devontae Adams was a better option and should be all pro uh, instead of Michael Thomas this year, and I wasn't having any of it, obviously. So I was glad to see Michael Thomas come out and perform this way. When you have a quarterback as good as Drew Brees, you need to throw the ball often, and, and to have Michael Thomas there when guys like Ted Ginn Jr., Willie Sneed, Brandon Coleman aren't necessarily stepping up and you really only have one wide receiver, Brandon Coleman was able to show that, hey, I'm here, I'm going to be the leader for this team for the wide receiver core, and I have the chance of being an, an all-pro player. So I thought it was a great performance by Thomas. Shout-out to him. Another 1,000-yard receiving um, so season. The, the, it's a reason um, his slogan, you could say, is shh, because not a lot of people know about him. Not a lot of people talk about him. He just he does the work. He puts his head down and does the work, so it was great to see. Yeah. Um, I'll skip over talking about how, how much more important and bigger this game makes uh, – or, or, yeah, this game makes next week's matchup against Atlanta because we, we know it's going to be big, and we're going to talk yeah, about I mean, that with Mar- Mark tomorrow. So I'm going to go to Joe. I'll ask you this, man. What's next for the Jets? Looking forward? Are, are you guys just looking forward to the draft uh, at this a, point? I'm going to do a minor little point before you get to your question. Yeah. I wasn't one of those people who talked oh, about, yeah. about Michael Thomas. Oh, no, I know. Check yeah. the tape. No, I, I, told, I told you guys he's a top 10 yeah. wide receiver in the yeah. league. And, I mean, he should have had three touchdowns. But he has clown feet, and uh, he doesn't reach out for the goal line, which is a bad thing in the NFL, but continue. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, I forgot to mention that that you were very vocal about how good Thomas is. So respect there. Thanks so much. But what's next for the Jets? Are you guys just looking forward to the draft at this point? Uh, obviously, you, you know, you still have two games remaining on the season. Probably want to lose them to tank. But what what's next for you guys? Any any free agency stuff coming in this offseason draft? What 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 is next for the Jets? Three things. Um, I think we have a great chance of upsetting the – and it's not really an upset when you're at home. But I, I have a feeling that we have a good chance to spoil the Chargers playoff run today, uh, on Sunday and – really show what this team is all about with pride and the, the last home game of the year and just go out and if you play to the level that you were playing against the Saints, then you're going to blow out the Chargers easily. But if you show up like you showed up against the Broncos, well, I mean, Good you're going to get your rear end handed to you on a silver platter. The next thing is free agency. We got to get better at the linebacking core. Um, I know Demario Davis is the leading tackler on the team, and he's a great uh, ball player. But we need an outside linebacker who can complement Jordan Jenkins, and we just need to get more depth there. We need to sign a interior pass rusher because Mohamed Wilkerson is pretty much out out the door. As much as I love him, he has in many people's eyes taken Woody Johnson's money and just ran away with it and not really cared what he's been doing on the field. He's a great player. If he's put in the right system, he will do great things. But we got to replace him. we got to get better on the linebacking core. 
And we got to figure out what we have to do with quarterback. That's the third thing. Whether we sign Kirk Cousins or we go after one of the guys in the draft, figuring out this quarterback situation, really testing and evaluating what Bryce Petty means to this organization is also a key thing because we need a good backup in this league. It's been proven this year. If you don't have a good backup, you're not going anywhere. That's just how the lay of the land is in the NFL. I mean, the Saints need to address this as well in the draft. I think a lot of Saints fans want Baker Mayfield, the Heisman winner. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yes, I've been that is. a lot about that. Yes, Baker Mayfield is a is a fan favorite down in the Big Easy. But, I would love yeah. linebacker too, though. Mm-hmm. He's you'll get Baker Mayfield in the second round. I think I don't think he's a first round quarterback, but. Figuring out whether we whether we want Josh Allen, whether we can go trade up and get Josh Rosen or Sam Darnold, or sign a guy like Kirk Cousins or make a trade for Alex Smith. It's really what do we want to do to nail down this quarterback position because the Jets had a different quarterback. That Saints game might be a win. It's, it was yeah. that close. Yeah. Like I said, yeah. you guys controlled time of possession, ran more plays if you had a quarterback. That uh, and it, I can't knock Petty. You know, you come in after an injury. He wasn't really expecting to play this late in the season, so to speak. He, but he did prepare for the game. He's a, he's a young and experienced guy. You got to give credit for him for stepping up and, and playing good against a, a very good Saints uh, defense. He he was at least able to play average. I I think. Um, Tyler, the any- game would have been different if you didn't have Cam- the defensive yes. player of the year, Cam Jordan. You're right. That you're dude, right. Oh yeah. If you didn't have – and Lattimore made a great play in the end zone on Robbie Anderson, which mm-hmm. at first thought I was like, what? He didn't get his head around. Then I saw it in slow motion, and I said, this dude is perhaps the best corner in the NFL. Yeah, somehow like that, somehow he did. Somehow he made that play. That The way he plays corner well, is just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's the te- I don't know if it's an Ohio State thing, if it's just the Marshawn Lattimore technique thing, but, yeah, he, he he's playing lights out. Uh, Tyler, anything else you want to say about the game? Uh I love Marshawn Lattimore and Cameron Jordan. Me too. That's all I have to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cam- Cameron Jordan deserves a lot of credit. So does Craig Robertson. He got an interception. Uh, yeah, which, man. Which, which I mean, that's, that's just tip drill when he got that interception. Uh, I think that it was a great play. So, uh, and I, I think the, the Lattimore interception doesn't necessarily, I mean, obviously it counts, but it was at the end of the game, so can't really knock Petty that much for it. He was going downfield. And that Robertson interception wasn't his fault. So two of his no, incompletions, it's... two of his interceptions weren't Petty's fault. So, I mean, that there's a silver lining right there uh, uh, for, for, for Petty going into the future if you guys end up uh, having to. Uh, Kenny Vaccaro did lead the team in tackles with 10. Teo had 7. Robertson had 7 as well. Other than that, nothing really eye-popping. No eye-popping stats for either teams. Not, I mean, this game was very boring and very exciting at the same time. Points were being scored. Both teams were driving down the field. A lot of offense, but no eye-popping plays, and I think that that's really impressive for, for, for the Jets to to stay like that with this team, not let us have any big plays. No really big, huge defensive plays either, um, other than the Craig Robertson interception, which kind of swung momentum more into the Saints' favor, but Saints led for a majority of the game. But overall, great game. Got to give credit to the Jets. Uh, Got to give credit to, to, to Joe for joining us on this podcast after a loss because we know after a Saints loss, it's, it's hard to jump jump on and talk sure. about it but again it's the end of the season you guys know where your 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 future is going and it's very bright so uh great game all around uh from both teams saints were able to come out on top who that baby tyler uh <laughs> you want to, yeah. us to break and we'll come back with topic two 
I was just gonna say, yeah, man, who that all the way. But uh, somebody should write a Saints song, like a uh, jingle all the way, who that all the way. That's a yeah. good idea. Yeah, it's Saints but, um, Christmas, Christmas is coming up, guys. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, this is a perfect time to take a quick break. When we get back, we're gonna be talking about the rest of the NFL. I know you love our Saints, the Jets, of course, are uh, going upwards, uh, but those are only two of 32 amazing teams. So uh, stay tuned, guys, as we will be discussing the rest of the NFL very soon. What's up, guys? We are back. Did you miss us? I know I did. So we are here for a second uh, topic of discussion for the night. It's going to be discussing the other NFL teams. So, of course, we've been talking about the Saints and Jets for the most part tonight but we've got some other teams to talk about good and bad so uh fox sports nfl uh tweeted this about a half hour ago thought i'd give you guys uh, a big update on the playoff picture so let's start with the afc right now the afc is uh uh kicked off uh with the 11 and 3 patriots who have clinched their division you have the steelers at 11 and 3 who uh clinched the afc north of course you have the 10 and 4 jaguars who have Clinched a playoff berth in what feels like a century. You have the eight and six Chiefs, the eight and six Titans, and the eight and six Bills all fighting for playoff spots. And the NFC here is where it gets interesting, folks. You've got the twelve and two Eagles who have clinched uh, their division and a first round bye. You have the eleven and three Vikings who have clinched their division and also helped them uh, when the Packers unfortunately lost to the Panthers. That hurt us a bit too. But um, you have the 10-4 Rams, who are just about there into the playoffs. You have the 10-4 Saints, who that, baby, who are just about in there. We're going to need a little bit of help, but uh, we'll hopefully make it if everything goes our way. You have the 10-4 Panthers and the 9-5 Falcons leaning up the rear. But with that being said, though, we have a lot of crazy games uh, to uh, briefly mention. The Patriots won a crazy last-second interception. Uh, Big Ben choked. <laughs> Uh, the Falcons barely squeaked by the Bucks. I was really hoping the Bucks had pulled out, but they didn't. Um, the Rams and the Vikings dominated. The Eagles kept rolling, even without their starting QB. What do you guys think? Let's start off with the Saints here. Do you think the Saints catch a break? Do you think things get easier for this team with the last two weeks? Or do you think they're going to have to count all their pennies and... Hopefully have enough money to make a make a playoff run. What do you think, guys? Let's start off with you, Dayton. Well, I'm curious to see what you think about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll quickly just go over the Saints because I also want to get into uh, uh, some of the other uh, NFL team talk. But yeah, the Saints yeah. really we're not catching a break right now because all of the teams in front of us are winning. Vikings, Rams, Eagles, even with the Eagles on their second string quarterback, Vikings on their third string quarterback, Rams have a second year quarterback, uh, and and these teams are still winning and winning very impressively. So, Saints, just just be content with the fourth seed. That's what we're going to have to go with. These teams are, are too good for us yeah. to believe. I mean, Eagles are 12-2. and two. They're most likely they, – they've already clinched a bye. They're already going to be a one or two seed. Yeah. Uh, so, we're, we're going to have a very slim chance of – and, again, if we finish with the same record as the Rams or Vikings, we're out of luck. Yeah. We, already, we already lost those yeah. teams, so we're out. So, hopefully we can win out and those teams can lose out uh that's the only way i see us being a top one or two seed but i think we're gonna finish with the fourth which is fine it's gonna be tough to even get the nfc south because we need the panthers mm-hmm. to lose next week and for us to win to clinch or else it's just gonna come down to week 17 and and that's that's always nerve-wracking that never the most fun yeah. 
Um, as far as like that Patriots win, Big Ben did choke, and then there's a lot of controversy going on with what the sideline said to him about yeah, spiking that ball. Sure. But I think that catch rule needs to be changed. The referees called he it too. correctly, I guess. But as soon as the ball crosses the plane, my dad That's always used up. to tell me uh, with, with, with the NFL, the end zone, so to speak, the, the goal line, that goes all the way up into the air. Once the ball crosses, because you look at when running backs dive over and they just barely get it across the pylon, as soon, no matter where the ball is, as long as it crosses that pylon or, or that goal line, it is a touchdown. And I can't I believe agree. that it can't be that with, with a catch like this. He was making a move to the end zone, bobbles the ball a little bit, but that's not until he hits the ground after he's already... I don't know, what do you think about that ending, Joe? That was a crazy ending to that game. What do you think about that? I'm not going to get too into the overall greatness of this of that game. I have an article coming out on Sunday talking about that catch and fixing the catch rule. The only thing I will say is if you thought the Patriots weren't going to win this game, you don't know right. the Patriots. Right, right. And the one thing that I like yeah. the one thing that the NFL has to to really think about is if you think the Patriots don't know what you're going to do, mm-hmm. they do. No yeah. team in the NFL prepares like the Patriots do. Trust me. I know. I've yeah. seen you see it twice Tom a year. Brady go to work yeah. twice a year yeah. for basically my entire football life. And when the Steelers didn't pick up that crucial third down with about two twenty on the clock, I, I started getting flashbacks. I said I texted one of my friends. I said, well, here comes a Brady two-minute drill, and the game's over. That's, that's what's going to happen, and that's what he did. It just so happened that Juju Smith-Schuster made an incredible play, and the one thing that I will say is you can't call a timeout when Big Ben called a timeout. You have to save that timeout. You have to run up and spike the ball because if you do that, you got at least three chances at the end zone from where uh, – Schuster ended up so yeah. that that really was the turning point in the game you can say what you want about the catch you can say what you want and the big Ben throw is not really getting that much light yes there's controversy should he have spiked it should he not have you you can't make that you can't make the type of throw that big Ben made mm-hmm. you, you have to throw that ball lower yeah to give Eli Rogers who's the only person running a route which, right 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 again the Patriots cover that. You've we've seen the Patriots do something like this uh, before, multiple times, not just in the Super Bowl. So, the fake spike would it have been a different play with Antonio Brown in there? Maybe, but you got to throw the ball lower, and you can't make any excuses. Also, you might want to throw Le'Veon Bell in there somehow, yeah. some way. Or it's just. Martavis Bryant wasn't know. even on the field at the time. That that kind of upset Big Ben. But you listen to Big Ben's press conference after the game. It was just a bunch of pointing fingers and, and blaming other people, which, to I mean, to his credit, a lot of what happened at the end of the game totally was not his fault. But when you're the quarterback of a team, a playoff-caliber team, a Super Bowl-caliber team. you got to bite the bullet. Exactly. you got to bite the bullet. Even if you yourself do not personally believe this loss is on you, you still got to go up there and say, hey, Next time, that's on me, and I got to go out there, and I got to make sure we win this game. That's it. That's all you got to say. Stop throwing your team under the bus. Tyler, what did you think? Well, first of all, actually, right before, I just want to do a quick tidbit, go off of what Joe said about the Patriots. Patriots didn't call a timeout. Colin Coward brought this up. 
Patriots didn't call a timeout during the Seahawks uh, against them in the Super Bowl when they threw the interception. And they also didn't call a timeout uh, for this fiasco debacle at the end of the game for the Steelers. Patriots love when teams are confused, uh, and they love not taking time out of their own uh, day to have other teams try and prepare for that. Like they, they, They love when teams are naturally confused in the middle of the games because that's what happens. Guys make bad plays. Anything can happen when, when teams are, you know, uh, fumbling around and they don't know exactly what's going on. Uh, Tyler, what do you think overall of, of you? You the point. Good. I'm glad. The funny thing is, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was almost thinking because I watched the game with my dad, and you know, like I think in my head was like, you know, because I've seen Big Ben do it before. If anything, I would love to see Drew Brees do a fake spike. That'd be really cool. Yeah, and like a, a, a slant route to Michael Thomas. That'd be cool. But um. The thing that got me was, you know, like, you just had, like, I, that was a, a momentum-changing play. You just had Juju Smith-Schuster uh, uh, ran, run, what felt like a, a million yards, you know, yep. to change the game for you. And, you know, I don't understand. I agree with you guys. I don't understand why they did make the timeout. You know, if you're Mike Tomlin, you call that timeout. Like, I, I get it's a fake I, I get it's a fake spike, and most of the time it works, you know, because it catches the other team off guard. You expect uh, the ball to go down and not to be in play. But, like, the thing is with me, like, if I'm hosting a team like that, you know you're probably going to be playing this Patriots team in the playoffs, and this game determines who gets home field advantage in the playoffs. I'm sorry, but I don't do a fake spike because, one, it's Bill Belichick. He knows who Mm -hmm. they've played them way too many times. Like you mentioned, Joe, you and your Jets – the Patriots have played the Steelers way too many times to know what they're going to do, you know. And I just think, like, obviously, one, it hurt that Antonio Brown was out. Two, it was unfortunate that they didn't get Le'Veon Bell involved. Hashtag beast mode situation all over again. And, um, you know, remember the Super Bowl where they should have ran the ball? You guys remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Course. That's that, okay. that'll be a that's always a run the, that you always run the ball with Marshawn Lynch on the one yard yard yeah, line. Yeah, I think I think you give Le'Veon Bell at least one chance. But the thing I'm trying to make is, I think the way they handled the play, I I think it could have be it could have been handled better. And here's another tidbit for you. I read somewhere that that exact uh, play, that fake spike, the route, that specific route was meant for Antonio Brown. But of course, he got injured. Yeah, well, we we've seen that before. Oh. We they've yeah. done that. A bunch of times in Pittsburgh. Also, why don't you do a fade route to the back of the end zone on yeah. one-on-one coverage it's where like there the isn't three, three Patriots jerseys in the yeah, middle of the like, end zone? There, there were like six Patriots on uh, Eli Rogers, and and for yeah. some reason, Big Ben throws that ball. And for some reason, Martavis Bryant wasn't in the wasn't in the game as well. Or Juju. Or was even also, it's third yeah, I don't down. Even know. Yeah, it's third. You, yeah. You you throw the ball to the back of the end zone and. You play for overtime. Right. I, something right. that my grandmother says all the time: points or points, and you can't, you can't take points off the board. That's a play where, if the play is not there, and if you watch it over again, Ben has to readjust and scrambles towards the end zone to make that throw. If you're, if you have to second guess, that's not a, that's a one hitter. You have to make that throw. As soon as you get back in your drop, if it's not there, throw the ball in the back of the end zone. Let's yeah. kick a field goal with one of the best kickers in the NFL who you've been counting on countless times throughout the year. The boss. And let's go to overtime. Yeah, the boss is what they call him in, in Pittsburgh, and he's been phenomenal this season in his career. You're right. Why don't you just take a shot to the end zone? 
Worst thing that happens is it's incomplete, and uh, again, you kick the field goal and tie it up and go into overtime. Instead, you throw this. I mean, this is going to be talked about for a while unless the uh, Steelers can beat the Patriots um, yeah. in the playoffs somehow. Uh, you know, if that ever happens. But until then, Big Ben, Patriot, or Big Ben and the, and the Steelers are just going to have to look at this game and it, it's a big what if scenario for them. So, yeah. uh, puts puts the Patriots in in, in, in a good mood. Also, I wouldn't be too high if I was a Patriot fan or a Steeler fan. Don't get too high or too low. This game came down to one play. You didn't blow the other team out of the building. So, it when if they meet again, I mean, everybody around football thinks that they are going to meet again because they clearly are the two best teams in the AFC. Yeah. So, it's going to be a very close game in Foxborough presumably when they play uh, in January. Yeah, because Patriots are still number one uh, over in the AFC, and they'll probably lock that up next week, if not the next. Yeah, it's very crazy indeed. Uh, It's funny we mentioned the Steelers. Uh, Let's uh, switch gears a little bit. We're staying in the AFC North, but it's you talk about the draft. Uh, We want to hear your thoughts, Joe. So, um, of course, you have the Steelers, one of the teams in the AFC North. The Browns actually have what looks like to be right now the first overall pick, and we'll actually be having two picks right now in the top ten, most likely top five, thanks to the Texans. Can you believe that? It's a pretty shocker, but uh, it's a pretty big shocker. But let's hope they actually get it right this time, so they can start uh, getting some wins. Who do you guys think they're going to be taking? You know, obviously this Browns team is a team that uh, could use some people. You know, maybe in the front office, maybe on the roster. Who knows? Um, I think, personally, it's a quarterback. But what do you guys think? I want to hear your thoughts on um, this crazy madness team that is the Cleveland Browns. Joe, I'll let you have the floor. I think, the first off, the Browns should fire Hugh Jackson. There's no reason why he should be staying another year when he is 1-29 and his only win came on a Saturday against the Chargers last year. But I think they should take the same route that the Jaguars have taken. Now, the Jaguars are a team that are the darling of the NFL, along with the Rams, but I don't think many people saw this this Jaguars team being as good as they are with the quarterback that they have. And, I mean, you could make the argument who, who has the Jaguars played, but uh, that'll that's another topic for another discussion. But I would take the mold that the Jaguars did and I would try to sign or trade for an Alex Smith type of guy or somebody like that. I wouldn't go young quarterback because none of these quarterbacks are that one. And we're not having a Peyton Manning or a Tom Brady coming out of this draft. These are good quarterbacks that will be good players but it's not the once-in-a-generation type of quarterback coming out here. So I would go defense for both of the picks. And really? build up that defense. Interesting. And either sign a guy like a Josh McCown or make a trade for a Teddy Bridgewater, something, something like that. So I could have a little bit of a solid base at quarterback, and I don't have uh, Deshaun Kaiser. Right. So that's what I would do. I would build up the defense and throw money at a quarterback. Okay, I like that. Um, Andrew Luck may be oh, on the yeah. maybe on the um, 
trading block yeah. too here soon. I mean, like or, you never or know. trade for a guy like Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett, and with Brissett, you probably don't have to give up one of those first round picks, right? You probably, no, it's probably you a second go, you or could third. You probably give a second and a third rounder yeah. for him, and you got a decent quarterback. Yep, you got a decent quarterback, and you still take your um, or you still get your top two, top five uh, draft picks this year. And yeah, you're right. I don't with how deep this quarterback draft class is. I do not see a talent who is like league changing, who is league defined. Uh, obviously, you saw that coming out of college with Luck recently. Uh, I think you saw that with with Newton somewhat. Uh, you could even argue that you saw it with uh, Jared Goff and Carson Wentz a little bit in college. Uh, with, it's not with, time yet. And that, and obviously give, not, not, give, him, give him a couple of years. Right, right, right. No, I, I agree. But, but in, you know, even coming out of college, you look at these guys and you go, definitely one and two. They're going to be really good and might be league-defying. League uh, and obviously we still have to wait to see that. But with, Josh Rosen is the only guy right now that I see. And I've been high on Sam Darnold. But I'm really hoping Darnold stays another year. Um, only because I, I, I do think he needs to develop a little bit more. Um, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't argue him going to the NFL because you know you risk injuring yourself at college and not making it to the league when you can just go now and hope you know there's still a chance that you can improve and be a great NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if I'm the Browns, number one, I, I think I am addressing defense or I mean Saquon Barkley is going to be pretty darn good. Buddy Love uh, or Buddy Love's not draft eligible, but you know you might you might want to get a really good running back going in there. He would, Saquon Barkley would probably be at five as well so if, if you want to take your chances there you can do that and, and go defense with the number one pick um or you can go jo- i think if you're going to select quarterback number one it's going to be josh rosen other than that i don't think you go quarterback um if like darnold is still available at five and you don't go with rosen or if uh, josh allen is there at five uh you you think about taking that if you're the browns you at least think about it but i don't think allen is the answer i don't think darnold is the answer rosen may be the answer uh, but I'm I'm with you, Joe. Number one should probably go defense. There's still a re- really good quarterback at five, or Saquon Barkley, or a fantastic playmaker you can get. Go there. But this Browns team has a lot of holes to fill. What do you think, Tyler? Yeah, Barkley's the running back, right? Yeah, Saquon Barkley yeah. out of Penn State. Yeah. Yeah, I I would um take best defensive player at their first overall pick and see if they can't trade down. See who um. Uh, see where the value for Barkley is, and I would take him because I yeah. think you know I agree 100% with you, Joe. Um, if it's anything, you know, even if they find a new head coach, offensive coordinator, whatever, take the uh, pressure off the quarterback. They everybody knows by now it could be born yesterday, and you would know that the, uh, the Browns have never had a very good quarterback. And um, yeah, and the success of like the recipe for success in the NFL right now. Is a great running back, uh, running back, and a great defense. Look what the Saints are doing. They haven't had to rely on Drew Brees barely anything this year. Uh, heck, we could have uh, our Chase Daniel uh, in for Drew the entire year, and we probably, hopefully, would have just as many wins. Uh, you know, with the same defense and running game. But I, that's what I would do. But um, anything else you guys want to talk about? Anything else? You feel that wasn't covered about the draft or the Browns or put some respect think? on Drew's name, okay? I think that Drew has actually been pretty I'm good. I'm not giving him respect. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I think Drew has he's been got, pretty important. I, I I I get what you mean though. Yeah, our, our our running backs, especially you know obviously Kamara and Ingram, been fantastic, and our, our defense has been really good. And it's all due to this rookie draft. I mean, this rookie gla- draft class has been phenomenal he's for us. Cool. 
Browns should maybe take some notes out of our book. Maybe the Patriots they book. Should. Patriots are always drafting uh, good. But yeah, this rookie draft class is, has been just just great for us. It, it goes no. to show that it doesn't matter it, it, who you are if if you're able to draft good players, they're going to make your team better. Like. I never would have thought the Saints would draft a rookie running back like Kamara and he would explode <laughs> like this in the system that we have. But he has. He's been able to find his groove with the Browns. They yeah. just need that one guy. They just need that one guy to kickstart uh, some sort of – because they've been trying to rebuild for years and years, and they just need a guy to kickstart. So having two top five picks uh, is pretty good. Yeah. Joe, anything else? Well, look else? at what the Rams, the Jaguars, yeah. and – I'm missing a team here. I'm trying What's to think on the spot. But, Vi- Vikings but, have drafted really well. And and the Vikings, that's the other team. Look at what – oh, and the 49ers. The 49ers, yeah. I mean, they lucked into getting Garoppolo. Oh. But look at the look at the Niners, the Jaguars, and the Rams. They drafted defense first, and they're worrying about that quarterback second. They're yeah. putting the quarterback into a game manager – type of role and they're just rolling with their defense their best offense is keeping other offenses to score minimal points so that's the way i would i see the the nfl moving towards and that's the way i would start to rebuild the browns yeah blake bortles and case keenum are leading their teams to division titles all because of (laughs) how great their defenses are and Uh, i don't i Two things I thought I would never hear in 2017 as, yeah, as wrapped it up. JaVale McGee has an NBA championship <laughs> ring, and Blake Bortles is on a first-place division-clinching <laughs> NFL team. That is it's crazy. And, and, and Nick yeah. Young might be an NBA champion after this year, too, and that's crazy <laughs> crazy to say as well. Um, well, uh, Joe, thank you so much for joining us. You, no, no, you're on a tight schedule. So go ahead and plug away at some of your stuff, and you can go ahead and hop off. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Be sure to follow yeah. Joe on Twitter. I'm not the fake jay leo joe joe go and plug away before uh, you gotta sign off thanks for having me once again it's been fun coming on here the past couple of weeks but if you haven't already please like dayton said go over and t- on twitter and follow me at not the fake jay leo if you want to catch any of my articles before the turn of the new year you can go over to jdatasports.blogspot.com and while you're doing that also go over to medium.com backslash the basement view as well as going over to soundcloud and subscribing to my podcast, the Grind Hours podcast. We're returning January 15th, um, and we have a slew of guests that I'm lining up that are some of the, they're the best that I've had. And the, the couple of months that we'll have at the beginning of, uh, the, of 2018 is just going to be extremely exciting, and I can't wait to, to dish out those podcasts and get those guests uh, uh, on wax. So again, thank you guys for, for having me. Best of luck to you two with this podcast. And, thank you. um, yeah, thanks, Joe. You, I am free whenever you guys want me. So just, yes, sir. Well, th- yeah, again, throw the th- invitation my way and I, and I won't say no, you got it. You got it. Uh, yeah, again, thanks. Uh, good luck on your future endeavors. We'll talk to you soon, man. Uh, have a great day. Uh, go saints, you. but, uh, your jets put up a great fight. So again, thanks for joining us for the podcast, man. Nope, uh, my pleasure. We'll see. We'll talk to you soon, man. Uh, that All was right. Joe Leo. Everybody, be again. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at not the fake J Leo. Uh, new stuff coming to him. Very excited to uh, to to see the next steps for him in life. Uh, Tyler, go ahead. Nope. And, go ahead. And you 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 grab the bull by the horns. Let's do the let's do this yeah, outro. Let's do it. Uh, I was trying to think of a Spanish word. Uh, 
Andale. There we go. Andale. Okay. There you go. <laughs> I was trying to think of something to go with a bull, but I don't know, man. Okay. Hashtag, but, hashtag cultured here at the Who Dat Ish podcast. Hashtag cultured. I don't even speak Spanish, dude, but I, I took French in high school. Okay. But um, thanks so much, guys, for tuning into the Who Dat Ish podcast. We are 27 episodes in, and everyone gets better. Uh, next week, we will be having Mr. Showtime himself, Mark George, on the podcast to discuss uh, uh, the previewing the Saints and Falcons game. That's going to be really fun. But, yeah, make sure to follow us on all of our social media where we plug everything away and all that good stuff. So let me give you guys a quick rundown of where to find us. So you can follow the man on the mic, Dayton Brown, over there. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. You can follow me, this guy over here, who hopefully you guys don't think is a fool. <laughs> or you can follow me at Raymond Tyler M. You can follow our official Who Dat Dish podcast uh, Twitter account at the WDD podcast. You can follow Who Dat Dish itself on Facebook. Just search that. It's pretty simple. You can also find us on Log Talk Radio and iTunes. Just search the Who Dat Dish podcast. We got some great episodes there for you guys, and we've got some great ones to come. But yeah, that's all I've got. I need to take a breath for talking for so much. But yeah, thanks, dudes. We always appreciate the love and support. Thanks, Fanside, for making this possible. Thank you to our editor, Roy Anderson. But yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for for tuning in. Be sure to check out tomorrow's episode with Mark George. Loved having him on. Loved having Joe on as well. Thank you to thank you to Joe. Thank you to all the guests who come on to the show. Thank you to Tyler being a great yep. co-host. Thank you. Thank you to Roy Anderson again, the editor thank over at Com. Uh, thank you to the Saints for for winning <laughs> for for bringing Who That Nation Who That Nation another W. Uh, and thank you to Fansided for, for helping make this possible. You guys have been great. The support has been uh, fantastic, and we've loved every single minute of it. So, again, tune in tomorrow. We'll have Mark George on. Follow us on Twitter so you can stay up to date at the WDD yep. Podcast. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks so much for listening. Who dat?